1: helping me find something I'm
0: looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up-to-date on their latest specials.
1: And Let's go. Go. in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go out, Chuck ne- It is high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. to Welcome into the PSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Kreisman. I am the managing editor of BSN Rockies. And on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the 7-4 loss to uh, the Boston Red Sox in the two-game sweep. As I've said a few times, going inning by inning or unit by unit doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense at this point in the season with the Rockies well out of it. And even the nature of the way that they're playing games has changed. And that's one of the things I want to talk about, particularly on the pitching side with the guys that came out of the bullpen all youngsters vying for position next season. Nolan Arenado had some interesting things to say after the game in response to a question asked by our very own Patrick Lyons. So as per usual, we're going to continue looking forward here, uh, forming the conversation uh, as we move into September, a few more young faces are likely to be called up here. My money at this point is on Brian Mundell, with it being announced that Roberto Ramos will be in the Arizona Fall League. It's not always the case, but typically that guys don't do both. You're not a September call-up and a a member of the Arizona Fall League roster for the Salt River Rafters. And so with Ramos going to the Rafters and Welker uh, as well, Kerr, sorry, um, it, it does look to me like if they are going to give a look at a, a, another particularly interesting uh, big power bat who may have a future for the Rockies at first base, that it's going to be Mundell. Uh, that is my guess at this point. So we'll talk a little bit more about what that might look like moving forward. Also some interesting things that Trevor Story is doing on the season. But I wanted to begin with the Q&A because, as I've said, at this point in the season, I kind of want you guys to drive the conversation, whatever I think. It's generally typical that the handful of questions I get here as we first jump onto the Facebook Live tend to, I think, hit right at the zeitgeist of what Rockies fans are thinking about the most. The stuff that I see on Twitter tends to reflect that. Um, remember, too, that the best way to get your comment or question read and or answered is to leave one on the website. I know we haven't really conditioned all of you to do this yet. The Broncos have done a really good job, uh, BSN Broncos, of having people take the conversation that we've had here on the podcast and keep it going and keep asking questions for the next one on the actual website at bsndenver.com. If you're a subscriber, you can just go and leave a comment. Uh, I'd like to see us do more and more of that. We're also uh, doing a lot to kind of streamline our comment section so if you've never checked out the comment section swing on by if you leave a comment we'll respond to it there and we'll uh, respond to it uh, on the podcast and we'll be very appreciative of anyone else who Swings by, says hello, uh, replies to some people, and then before I get into this, too, I did one. About, I was talking about it here on the Facebook Live just ahead of time, but we're sitting at four point nine out of five stars on Facebook. Uh, so if even if you never use the app and you just happen to have it, if you can swing by and give us a five star rating, you might be the person that swings our score back up to a five out of five, and I will be forever grateful. Uh, for for you doing that and while you're doing that if you can write a little one sentence review that always helps out too so we're very appreciative of the support that we've gotten and that we continue to get despite the fact that the team uh, has really been struggling here obviously and so I want to begin with Caleb uh, who comes in and says uh, I think a top five pick is totally possible and I heard the draft class next year might be the best since 2001 and it's been uh, probably three maybe four years Caleb since I've really paid close attention to a draft class I more or less find out about most of those players the last couple of years on draft day and in the days that follow Uh, rather than go out and learn about 20 to 40 players the Rockies might take which is what I had done the years before and frankly when they were struggling back then it was easier to take the time to do that as it will probably be here in uh, September and even going into next year obviously as we get closer to the draft but Also having Patrick Lyons along is going to make that, I think, a much, much better process for us. He's really good at the minor league stuff. He's been really in tuned with that. And so if it truly is a fantastic draft class, it's going to present an interesting uh, scenario for the Rockies, who have a really good history of drafting Younger players that have taken a little bit more time to get to the big leagues, but now are going to have to think about drafting players who are a bit closer, right? If they're trying to contend here in these next couple of years in the Nolan Arenado window, whatever it may be. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they have some kind of shift in overall philosophy and the other thing was for several years their their top picks were almost exclusively spent on pitching then their pitching started to come around a little bit at the major league level and they went away with that and, and took some uh some big bats in in earlier rounds and I think we're likely to see them again try to restock the farm system with arms uh and and Caleb continues to go on and says we need to retool the farm for sure I think they need to seriously invest in player development this offseason and, and I couldn't agree more you know I've given some pushback on some of the narratives that the the Rockies are bad at player development or that uh, they've really stifled the progress of players like Mike Talkman or, or whomever else uh that go somewhere Tom Murphy was another one uh, you know, I I don't fully buy into that. In fact, I mostly reject that. At the same time, uh, I think the Rockies could be getting more out of their system. Uh, they, they could be, some of these guys could be a bit better prepared once they reach major leagues, and some of that's on the individuals, and it's, you know, it's hit and miss. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen, uh, especially at the catcher position, a player like dom nunez at 24 years old who again took a very long time to get to the big leagues and he stepped out onto a major league diamond like he'd been there his whole life like a seasoned veteran that's the number one thing when i talk to people about him they say they bring up like he just wasn't scared at all meanwhile jonathan daza came out and admitted you know his first couple of times up he was just kind of petrified and that's understandable as well but yeah no I I think there's definitely an argument there and and in general I just think it's a good idea to spend a lot of resources there I think it's proven over and over again to be the best way for the Rockies to produce talent they've over the years people people talk about Jeff Breidich and his free agent signings but it's not just Brido it's it goes back a long long way like this is It's tough, like there are only a handful of guys who've just been signed as free agents or who've come in from the outside from trades and just been awesome. It just doesn't happen very often. Uh, There are some, but all of the best Rockies teams, 95, 2007, 2009, I'm going to include 2010, even though they collapsed at the end, 2017, 2018, all of those teams were um, overwhelmingly homegrown they were really good defensive teams and they pitched better than the all the teams that didn't make the postseason right Th- those are the commonalities and as such where i hear a growing roar for the rockies to do something else, make the big trade, sign the free agent, do the big thing. But the big, th- All the guys who are problematic on the roster right now are the products of that kind of thinking. Every single one of the, the, the guys that you're frustrated with on the roster, right? I, I mean, except for Kyle Freeland, who had a rough year. But, I mean, he, young players bouncing back. People aren't as frustrated with him as they are with Sean McGee Davis, Desmond Murphy. The whole that's the list. And so it's and I understand why people go, well, it's Jeff Breitich is bad at signing free agents. I think it's hard for anyone who hasn't played at Coors Field to come in and do the Coors Field and then road thing. They've never done it before. Whether you're a hitter or a pitcher, it's just from one extreme to the other. Some guys aren't used to it on the interview that I promise you I'm going to play maybe on today's podcast, but I don't think so. I think we've got too much to talk about. I think it's going to be a second podcast that still comes out today, uh, but from Chad Bettis. He talks about this a lot, like it just takes getting used to whether you're a pitcher or a position player, and if you're doing any other kind of change, like you're a uh, you're a pitcher who's becoming a bullpen guy, now you've got multiple crazy adjustments that you've got to make, and so I think there's a reason why, or a lot of reasons why, the most successful Rockies teams over the history have been homegrown, and... It's because these guys have been prepared to play at Coors Field. And more than that, to go on the road after being at altitude and deal with all of the things that come from that, look at the path that John Gray has gone on through his career. You've got to give guys opportunities to come out the other end of that fire because they're they're just the most extreme environments in baseball to play in. And so I agree the Rockies should put – the vast majority of their resources into drafting and developing and then signing these guys to long-term deals like they've done with Charlie and Nolan and, you know, hopefully story here before too long. Uh, and, and then you start seeing what you're going to do with Greg. They got Marquez locked up, homegrown guys who've been conditioned to this environment and are finding ways and still searching for ways. Even Charlie at this stage in his career and Nolan at this stage in his career still trying to solve this puzzle. So going out and getting the shiny new piece who's got great numbers somewhere else, again, hitter or pitcher, and bring that guy in and expect it to just translate to Coors Field. We have a 100 examples now. Even Daniel Murphy in some ways, and I think the injury has played into it, but he, just, he it hasn't been able to be that hitter that he's been throughout most of his career. And it wouldn't surprise me if he has a much better year the second year. That's another thing. Go back and look at the statistics of the number of guys who've come in as new players and been very bad year one for the Rockies. Uh, Recently, guys that jump off my mind that fit this were Jake McGee and Gerardo Parra, who in their second year were really, really good because they were figuring out the environment. So... Yeah, we could get more into the specifics of what it looks like to invest and develop more at the minor league level, but I agree. They should always be trying to grow their own star-level talent because it's been much closer to being successful than their attempts to build from outside the organization. John says, with all these call-ups and roster expansion... Coming up, will Colton Welker and Justin Lawrence get called up? Uh, I, I think I said this a little bit before you came on here, John, but I, with Colton Welker set to go to the Arizona Fall League, it would surprise me if they brought him up to the major league level. They usually don't do both of those things. Uh, I, I, I doubt they've never done it, but I just can't recall a the time they have. Um, that being said, y- you can't rule anything out. I do think that... Um, Lawrence is an interesting candidate but they're trying not to run him too much into the ground I know he had some injury issues this year uh, and then came back and wasn't quite getting the results they were hoping for for a guy who had a tremendous year last year and then came to spring training and had everybody talking Uh, I think you want to be careful with a guy like that Ben Bowden is somebody I would absolutely uh, be on the lookout for, even though his numbers haven't been great. But it's the PCL. Nobody's numbers have been great. And that, that's just the, the fact of the matter. And uh, Caleb, same thing with uh, Castellani. Castellani is set to head to the Arizona Fall League, which is good news, which suggests that you know he's uh, healthy and, and good to go and pitch, and that's the most important thing but uh, yeah I wouldn't expect to see those guys I think from you know a starting pitcher standpoint you're pretty much looking at what you're gonna get here with this rotation where Peter Lambert is the most tenured member of it which is so weird but it's Melville and Lambert and Garcia and uh, itchy and scratchy the the rest of the way it's no (laughs) Sensatella's in there uh, back in the rotation for now and um, as we saw in the game last night, out of the bullpen, it was Sam Howard, Jesus Tsunoko, Carlos Estevez, Wes Parsons. It's it's tryout time. It, it live action, you know, prove that you're the guy that needs to stay on the team. Make sure we can't send you home. And some of those guys aren't really in, in jeopardy of being sent home necessarily. Maybe not making the opening day roster, but some of them, you know, who knows if Wes Parsons will be on the team next year or not. Uh, Tinoco, whether he'll be able to stick in the majors or not. Uh, Almonte and Howard, whether or not they're going to be able to finally figure out how to stick in the majors or not. Estevez, can he take that next step and really be a setup guy? Um, all of these things are, are fascinating questions, and uh, that they went straight Young pitcher last night. Like, I'd, I'd be curious. I'd, I'm just not thinking about it. I'd have to average their ages. But with Lambert starting on through with, like, Howard, Tinoco, uh, uh young, young pitchers, Estevez, Parsons, very young. Um, average age might have been 24 uh, of the guys who took the mound yesterday for the Rockies. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of that going forward. And that's a very good thing. Uh, John also says, uh, Oh, I missed it. I lost it. Um, okay. I think signing Story to a long term deal would be a mistake. I think he's one of those guys who are more valuable as a trade chip than a fixture for the distant future. Um, that's interesting. I'm not so sure about the distant future. I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Trevor's story is a pretty rare commodity in the game of baseball a true five-tool player whose uh, hit tool has really come around this year he's as i speak sitting on a a 299 batting average he might finish the year hitting over 300 with 35 38 home runs um i I don't know exactly where he's sitting at in stolen bases but we know he's a guy who one day could steal 30 um and he plays premium defense at the most important defensive position on the diamond other than catcher. And so unless you think that his skills are going to deteriorate quickly or you're worried about the handful of injuries that he's had in his career, uh, I must wholeheartedly disagree on this one. I think Trevor Story is exactly the guy you build a team around. Uh, I, I think there are obviously still some holes in his game. I'd like to see him strike out less, uh, particularly on those sliders out away from him in two strike like the 1-2 the two or 2-2 two, two slider out away from him, and uh, do a little better job along with that in the clutch. But I don't know. He's... Uh, an extremely rare commodity in the game of baseball. And um, and, and Danny, I'll say this. Danny says giving any player a long-term deal is a mistake because big deals seem to make players complacent. Uh, I think there are some players for whom that is true. I don't believe for a single solitary second that Trevor Story would ever be complacent in the game of baseball. That is not how he measures himself he wants to be the best he's trying to catch his buddy Nolan Arenado and he's trying to catch Alex Rodriguez and Ernie Banks and uh, this kid's not going to quit there's no like Trevor's story went through some stuff in the minor leagues he knows what it's like to be on the brink of having to not even be able to play professional baseball anymore He's not going to take anything for granted. I don't think Nolan Arenado, since getting his big contract, has taken things for granted or slowed up. Uh he had a really bad July because he was in a ton of pain. Probably shouldn't have been playing. But he's having a great season. He's and last night he I think had six gold glove caliber plays again in a game that they were almost certainly gonna lose and That in the standings does not matter. Nolan's still out there diving, getting dirty, spinning, throwing, taking his at-bats. So, yeah, I will absolutely not deny that there are players in baseball who get the big contract and totally relax. And there may be guys in the Rockies' clubhouse who would do that. But Nolan and Trevor, uh, Charlie's another one who – you know, if anything, it puts more pressure on those guys. They feel more of a need to succeed because now you're a hundred million dollar player, or you're a whatever million dollar player, and they take that a- a- as a great burden to now earn that money. That's just the way those guys think. Um, so I wouldn't be at all concerned about that. I'm, I'm going to need some selling on this one, John. Sorry, sorry, man. I just and and Coors isn't. Uh, a, a good enough one I, kn- I know it breaks down some guys bodies i i know that's been a thing and it, and if that's really if that's your concern then okay but you can be concerned that anybody is going to have a, a rash of injuries that their their bodies will will fall apart and uh, that they won't be able to be productive for you in their 30s but worrying about that when the guy it's still <coughs> excuse me when a guy is still right in the middle of his prime, in his mid twenties, playing MVP caliber baseball, like if the Rockies were in the hunt, Trevor Story would be a very legitimate MVP candidate again this year, as he was last year until he got hurt going into that Dodgers series. So, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll keep talking uh, off off the uh, podcast here on the Facebook Live and or throughout the days, and maybe you'll convince me. But for right now, I'm 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 not seeing that one. Hey, maybe if I drank enough Breckenridge brew, John might be able to convince me about this uh, Trevor Story more valuable as a trade chip thing. I, I could maybe buy it even better for Nolan Arenado considering their ages. But uh, it's going to take a couple of vanilla porters, maybe an oatmeal stout, maybe an avalanche amber, or we could just sit there. Look, if it's daytime, we're watching a day game. We're talking back and forth because we're baseball fans watching baseball. We're drinking some strawberry sky. We're we're having a good time debating uh, the the value of shortstops, catchers, and defense and hitting. And I love it. I love every single second of it. And because Breckenridge Brew is the official beer of BSN Denver. I cannot recommend them highly enough, but I could have not recommended them more highly even before they were. It's just exciting that we've gotten to have this partnership with them. We get to have a ton of events out there. We're doing watch parties. We're doing pub crawls. We're giving away free stuff, tickets, shirts, and, of course, Breckenridge Brews. Uh, Just damn good beer. Make sure you get some for yourself for your next watch party that you might be having out there on your own uh, let breckenridge brew know that you are drinking their damn good beer thanks to uh, hearing about it here at bsn denver or even if you just already were give us credit anyway uh we will absolutely take it and uh they, they've been awesome about retweeting uh pictures that people have been sending out watching the game drinking strawberry sky or other stuff too though we're all kind of on the strawberry sky train i'm not gonna lie It's been a lot of fun. i got another great question in here from Spencer about Tanner Roark. Well, maybe, but, uh, oh, actually, asking me more about Madison Bumgarner. So let's talk about the two ends of the spectrum for starting pitching as symbolized by those two players on the other side of this break.
0: Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf.
1: It's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course and it's fast green, they have a good crew there,
0: so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy
1: shows, they got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot, there's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado, I think. You can just see the mountains, you see the golf course, you know. Kind of like Cheers, so everybody knows your name and your handicraft.
0: That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success.
1: Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club, because it's, it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way.
0: That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition.
1: Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms,
0: and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a
1: well-rounded youth athlete.
0: Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.
1: All right, welcome back into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Had a question come in right before we went to the break that we want to get into now. It comes from Spencer asking about Madison Bumgarner, who I had talked about as potentially being one super exciting player the Rockies could go after that would rejuvenate the entire organization. And he mentions there is this interesting quirk of it that I haven't discussed before, Um as we've known with other contracts, as was the case when the Rockies signed Ian Desmond, sometimes if you do so, if a player's been offered the qualifying offer, uh, you have to give up a, a pick. I do need to do a little bit more research on this. It does sound like it can't be a top 10 pick. Uh, whatever the case, that'll, that'll all need to be hashed out. You You want to be careful there. You certainly wouldn't want to lose a top 10 pick. If the Rockies had... Or a top five pick, if we were talking about earlier. If they've got a top five pick, that'd be tough to stomach. But even then, I mean you're you're if you can sign Madison Bumgarner, you, you take a chance and you sign Madison Bumgarner. If if Dick Monfort and, and Charlie Monfort just say, Jeff, uh we're opening up the wallet, you get one player. Any one player you want, we'll pay him whatever you like. Throw it all at Madison Bumgarner, see what happens. Uh, that that was also a, an answer to a question we had up here earlier. Uh, I scrolled by it. We had quite a few, but somebody asked if I could see any uh, big free agent signings or who would I trade a, a target in the off season. And if we're talking ideal world, that's it. That's the guy. Even if you've got to give up the draft pick, I just think it takes so much pressure off everybody else in your starting rotation. It probably allows for somebody to step into a bullpen role and there for there to be more competition there and for somebody to emerge as uh, a valuable member of your bullpen that you didn't have this year your starting rotation starts to look really strong if suddenly freeland has a little bit of a bounce back year and john gray and herman marquez just do what they've done kind of averaged now over their careers you've got bumgarner holding it down up front yeah, that's that's that is absolutely the way I would go. Andrew Miller is another name that, you know, if you're it's tough, man. The we were I was just in the BSN Denver offices yesterday and they were talking about how it's always been known that you don't spend big money on relievers. And I was saying, Right, but okay, so let's say Jeff Breidich had not spent any money on this bullpen. Would that make you feel better? If it was the same production, I think some people would say, yeah, but at the time, no. If he had made zero moves, and so just change all of the names. If it's not Wade Davis and Brian Shaw and um, Jake McGee, if instead they were guys who were off other teams' scrap heaps, right, and they were all making $1 million, and it was... Joe Smith and Dan Stevens. I'm I'm making names up and whatever. And, and then the same production. What would people be saying? Well, Jeff Brightish didn't even try. Why didn't he go out there and sign some of these relievers who were available, who all, by the way, would have been signed for maybe not quite the size of contracts they got because they don't have to pay the Coors Field tax at other places, but they still would have gotten decent money. They still would have been paid more than the value they've put up for the Rockies by any other team so you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there like it generally speaking is not a smart philosophy to spend big in the bullpen because relievers are so volatile but also relievers are so volatile so how are you going to rely on young players you've never seen before or guys who haven't performed to hold it down for you in the bullpen guys who've performed consistently come at a big price for a reason and Brian Shaw was one of those guys and Jake McGee and Wade Davis were one of those guys or two two of those guys they weren't together one of those guys that would have been very difficult to pull off but so it's just so i bring up Andrew Miller andrew miller's been one of the best relievers in baseball for the last six, seven years, I'd have to double-check. He's very, very good. He's got swing-and-miss stuff. He's been both a setup man and a closer. So as a lefty, you can kind of mix and match him with Scott Oberg. Like, there's so many things to dream on there. But if Jeff Breidich goes out and signs another reliever to a twelve to $15 million-a-year contract and that guy does the same thing that all these other relievers have done – He's going to get thrown into a fire by the media and the fans for signing, for doing the exact same thing and getting burned in the exact same way. And that's brutal because what, what other answer is there to the question other than to try to spend some resources in the bullpen? Ignoring it and hoping that whoever from your minor league system can just step up and, and pitch important m- bullpen innings is couldn't lead to the exact same result right of guys just getting totally knocked around and then instead of saying i can't believe he paid him too much money to come in here or not be good people are saying i can't believe jeff brightage didn't try to pay somebody some money to come in here and be good he just didn't do anything he ignored the problem what do you do maybe try to make some trades but again you're spending resources if you make a if you trade a guy for a reliever, uh, a player people, if you trade Raimal Tapia for a reliever, now it could be a decently received off-season trade. Tapia might be stuck being a fourth outfielder. Maybe, maybe not. But with the whole Desmond thing, he's harder to move. I've seen some people come out and say, you, you dangle him. Tapia's shown that he can hit. Surprise. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, okay. You trade Raimal Tapia for a reliever who's been very good, who's, who's a setup guy, pick one. Your favorite setup guy in the league. They trade Tapia for him. That guy comes to Coorsfield, gets rocked. right Tapia goes somewhere, bats 3-10, figures it out defensively, becomes an everyday spark plug for a contender. And fans are going to go, "I can't believe you gave up on that guy for this really no matter what, you have to try to spend resources to fix the bullpen, whether it's players or money. You can't just ignore it. So get back in the batter's box, take a big old swing at a reliever there. That's what I would do. And I, I know it's weird to say to fans, but I really like the Andrew Miller concept. Now, he might be even too much. He might be like Wade Davis money. And they first of all, they don't have that money, probably, uh, assuming that they stick with a, a sort of modest growth methodology here, like they've been over the last couple of years, but there are other guys out there, too. Cologne. There are relievers available. And it's such a risk. It's such a roll of the dice if you're a GM to fail in the same way twice. But I don't know what other option he has. Like I like the idea of going and getting Marcelo Zuna and stick him in left field. But if that's if you've got enough money to sign Marcelo Zuna... Spend it on a pitcher, and and it sounds terrible because spend I just went over forever about how spending on pitchers has never worked out for the Rockies. But they're stuck. They're they're stuck in that spot. They don't really have that many holes in their position player setup, especially when they're healthy. And they look like some of these young guys, Nunez. Hilliard might be a thing, might not, but that's like your sixth outfielder. He looks decent, you know, when Toppy is healthy. with Hampson looks really comfortable in the outfield now. His bat's starting to come around a little bit. Rogers is going to be back in the mix next year. We'll see what Mundell can do. Roberto Ramos has destroyed AAA this year. We'll keep an eye on those guys. And the fall league, Colton Welker is going to be a much bigger factor. He's going to be closer next year. It's all in the pitching. And unless they can draft someone in them or somebody like Ryan Rolison or Ryan Castellani, I guess there are some Ryans in in the organization. You know, there are a couple of guys that could pop. But the only way to get immediate help for their biggest need is to spend resources on pitchers, which has never worked out for the team. Not to throw a big, wet blanket on everyone right now. And I don't think that that means it can't work out. I think there's a way you can do You can get a little more creative. You spread it out a little bit instead of getting one or two. And so the, the, the exact opposite of what I was just saying. Get Andrew Miller uh, and spread it out a little bit. Those are contradictory <laughs> Those are contradictory thoughts entirely. Uh, a, a Miller's one guy I would spend it all on. Uh, because I, I just think that it would be very difficult to harshly judge Jeff Breidich for doing that. Miller has been so good. And if, if Andrew Miller can't come to Colorado and pitch well out of the bullpen, then at the very least, you've gotten your definitive answer that you should never spend money on another reliever ever again and just grow them if you can. And that would be brutal, but at least you'd know. <laughs> at least, At least you'd know for sure. Um, otherwise, if you can't get a guy like that, I'm not sure a Cologne would be, you know, like sort of a half man. It's more like going out and getting a, the Brian Shaw, Jake McGee class, of guy, which could work out next time. But the other way to go might be get a couple of $3 million relievers, bring some guys in, have an open competition in spring training, R- really open it up. And, and, and in order to do that, that might mean making some tough decisions in the off season, it might mean paying somebody $9 million or more to go away, to pitch for somebody else. And the candidate I think that's most likely to happen to is Brian Shaw because of the vesting part of the contract. That's a big thing the Rockies just pay the rest of what he's guaranteed. And I don't know how buyouts work on that when you've got vesting options. So I should double check that. But but as long as it works how I think it does, that would make the most sense. And it would be a tough pill to swallow. Especially because you almost know that someone else would pick him up for $1.5 million and he'd go there and be good. You just know it would happen. But... The nine and the nine five, I think, to Jake McGee, and then the 17 to Davis. If you can't trade out from underneath it, they're all in the final year of their deals. They paid a substantial amount of money to Mike Dunn, though they waited through the season a little bit to do it. But I think you, you can't, you, can, you cannot. <laughs> Did I just scratch like a record? You, 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 you cannot. Go into spring training with all three of those guys still on your roster. And if no one will take one from you for something semi-reasonable, you've got to cut a path because you can't have Wes Parsons and Jesus Tinoco and Yancey Almonte and Sam Howard and maybe a guy or two you sign or bring in over the offseason, uh, Philip Deal. You can't have all these guys going into spring training going – well, I want to pitch my ass off to make the team, but I know there's only two spots available because, one, because three of them have to go to those guys, to these veterans who are getting paid a bunch of money. We all know they're going to... Look at what happened to Carlos Estevez this year. He was really good in spring training. He's been pretty good for much of the season, but he didn't make the team out of camp because there wasn't a spot for him because they had to carry these guys. Despite the fact that Jake McGee was getting absolutely lit up in spring training but they had to carry him now that they're in the final year of those deals there's a little bit less incentive and pressure to hang on to him and you just (laughs) you bite the bullet you figure it out but more than the money or the prospects or any of the other stuff that you think of, people, and I've done it this way too, Frame getting rid of these guys as trying to get out from underneath their contracts. As much as anything, the roster spot matters for the open competition. Find some relievers. But, yeah... So we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's the, the spot the Rockies are in for now. I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap this one up. Like I said, I think I might be doing another one probably with Patrick Lyons or maybe a good friend of ours, Ed Henderson. We're going to have him on very soon, and I still owe you the, the Chad Bettis interview, so be on the lookout for that. For now, I've got to wrap it up, say thank you all for listening in to this episode of the podcast hopefully you're following us on all the social media at bsn rockies at drew creaseman at patrick d Lyons. give us a like share and subscribe on facebook as i've said i think we're just one or two five star ratings away from getting back up to being a five out of five so we would really appreciate it if you swing on by the facebook and do that maybe give us a little one sentence review too while you're at it It helps people find us Uh, if you haven't yet checked out the merchandise we've got over at bsndenvermerch.com you got to do it it's absolutely fantastic. And of course, subscribe to the website. You can read all kinds of cool exclusive content, including a one-on-one that Patrick had with J.D. Martinez, who knows a little thing or two about the long path to the big leagues, much like Rico Garcia and Tim Melville have experienced here recently. It's a must read. You, you got to hear what J.D. Martinez had to say about his uh, trek through the minor leagues and how long it took him to actually get the chip off of his shoulder from not being a high draft pick. So thank you all so much for listening in today. I hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome out there. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. As you may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.